All right, legends. Welcome back, dude, to yet another episode of Get Around Me. What a time it is to be alive, truly, okay? Absolutely cranking day here on the East Coast. What a coast to be on. Cricket's in the mainstream news. I am not, but you can't have everything you want all at once. And for anyone who is so inclined, who's loving the ashes, who enjoys cricket, even if you don't even like cricket, but you just hate the English, I would say you could get something out of my Ashes Recap podcast on Monday, reviewing the second test match. So for anyone who's into that sort of thing, that's up. It's bloody good, bloody good stuff. No one's told me it is, but I I like to compliment myself sometimes. If you can't love yourself, how can anyone else? That's something to think about. And I'm sorry to get so dramatic off the rip, but I think a lot of you needed to hear it. <laughs> yeah, so Ash's recap podcast for the second test is up. I did black out for about seven minutes while talking about Usman Khawaja and the MCC members abusing him. But apart from that, it's a lot of fun. So check that out if that's what you're into. Uh, but yeah, cranking morning here in Sydney. I love this town. This town loves me. And uh, I'm recording on a beautiful Wednesday morning. But I was thinking, dude, not loving the rebrand of mornings over the last few years. Because now it's like mornings. It's like, what are you doing, mate? Get your day started. Get up. Get at him. When I was a kid, the only person who was up and at him was that superhero from The Simpsons. And we knew that's what he was doing. There was no pressure on anyone else to be up and or Adam. Okay? The guy who Rainier Wolfcastle played. But the rest of us were just eating toast, chilling the fuck out. Now, I feel like mornings are all like intermittent fasting and affirmations. It's like, sweet, so just chores right off the bat, was it? Why don't I just start my morning with like cleaning my bathroom? Because that's kind of the vibe of some of these tasks. And I, I do it myself now. That's what, that's what I've realized. I've, be, I've become one of these sick, twisted freaks. I now start my morning by like reading. W- why? Why am I doing this? No one eats breakfast anymore. I don't do that either. What happened? It used to be just eat as much toast as you physically can while Carl Stefanovic tells you how to think. And it was a fantastic way to start the day. John Howard was Prime Minister. Nothing went wrong for about 12 years. Don't look into it, okay? But now, it's just so... I, I, I miss the days of letting the day come to you. You know, you get up, you'd have some toast. You'd be like, let, let me see what this day has in store for me. Let me dip my toe in the water of today. Get a vibe. Is this a day I'm even looking to get into? Sometimes you'd get up in 2004 and you'd just you look at the day and think, nah, that one's not for me. I'll see you tomorrow. Okay, and you'd still participate in the world, but it'd be extremely passively. Now it's just you've got to attack the day. Blokes are like up before the day. They're getting up at 4 a.m. to ambush the day. Get the day before it gets you, you know. It's, it's so intense. Oh, I think... These entrepreneur guys who are getting up at 3.30 a.m. have really fucked mornings for everyone because they're up at 3.30 a.m. doing push-ups, praying, doing all sorts of shit. So now if you're you're waking up at 7 a.m., you're late. You're now late to the action, late to the party. 
I do, yeah. And the thing with these three thirty a.m. guys is they don't tell you they went to bed. They went to bed at six p.m. the night before. Mark Wahlberg's up at fucking two a.m. praying, probably doing push-ups, reading scripts for Ted Seven. But it's like, mate, you went to bed at five p.m. That doesn't count. I could go to bed at four p.m. Wake up at one a.m. Am I the most driven man on the planet, or can I not read a clock? I'm not sure. Okay. And I was up at 5 a.m. yesterday. I actually talked to Rowan about it, but Jesus Christ. You ever get up at like 5 a.m. or 4 a.m. for a flight and you're like, what are you all doing? What's happened? Like, I'm flying to Fiji. Why are you up on a Wednesday morning? Is this regulation behavior for you, sir? It's very confronting when you're up before the sun. And I think Mark Wahlberg started all of this shit, dude. Remember the days when we just thought Mark Wahlberg was a big old joke and we all enjoyed it? Remember he was in Ted, he was in that one with The Rock doing steroids. About once a year he'd be a Navy SEAL. That was, we love that. Okay, if you see Mark Wahlberg holding a semi-automatic weapon in a film, you buy yourself two tickets, you take the misses, okay? The tactical element will... uh be enjoyable for the the male in that relationship. And then about 45 minutes in, Marky Mark's going to get his kid off. All of a sudden, the missus is getting something out of this too. So it was a great time when we weren't taking Mark Wahlberg too seriously. Remember, he said that if he was on the plane during 9-11, things would have been a lot different. And we all laughed, okay? We all had a bloody good chuckle at Marky Mark. We overlooked the fact in the 90s, he went to prison for racially assaulting someone. We were willing to overlook that in exchange for him doing a men's health cover shot twice a year. It was a pretty good deal, I thought. Then one day, Mark Warburg says he's getting up at 2 a.m. to pray. And we're all like, holy fuck. Marky Mark's up at 2 a.m. We've got to get up at 3 a.m. at the very least. Blokes doing crypto up at 2 a.m. All these, all these things are happening at 3 a.m. now. And apparently not one of them is drugs and or sex. What a rebrand for 3am in the morning. 3am used to be the time for narcotics and or sex. And if you're lucky, sometimes both. Okay. For me personally, they don't usually go together. Okay. Like, yeah, (laughs) we'll leave that there. But I think what I'm implying is that when I'm doing narcotics, I'm not uh, providing the sort of value conversationally to the point where anyone would want to have sex with me. It's sort of a fork in the road moment for me. Do I want to do some light narcotics with Adzi and have a bloody good laugh? Or do I want to be palatable to a group full of pommy women at 2 a.m.? Because I can't do both. Okay, so you pick one. But the problem is, while I'm doing this, Marky Mark's in the next room doing push-ups. It's like, brother, chill out, okay? Chill out. I don't like these... I don't want to start with a rant. I I feel like this is verging on a rant, which I don't want it to be, okay? And it's not a rant. I don't feel passionately about this at all. These I'm musing, okay? It's like in The Office. David Brent mused. (laughs) I'm musing right now, okay? This is not a rant. I don't feel passionately about this at all. That's the problem with rants. Rants have been ruined because here's the thing, mate. Like, about like Usman Khawaja and like the ashes and the, the treatment of our boys. Yeah, I'll fucking rant. But that's because I actually give a fuck about that. That's like important to me. But the problem is the rant has been ruined because blokes are ranting about shit they've never even heard of before. Okay, so I don't want to... And it's very easy to rant. As someone 
who's recording episode 241 of his solo podcast. Okay, yeah, I've been on a rant or two. But the problem is you get into a rant and you think uh, because you just haven't stopped talking that you're actually providing any sort of value whatsoever. But, I mean, fish never come up for air and they don't really say anything of value. So it does make you think that most of the rants we're hearing are just sort of blokes filling the void of their own personal despair. But that's not what I'm doing right now. This is not a rant. I am merely musing on the rebrand of mornings. Because, what was I saying? Mark Wahlberg, that piece of shit. That's exactly what I'm saying. Not loving the rebrand of actors who think like they're athletes now. You know, these actors, like even Chris Hemsworth, as much as I love that guy, it's like, are you an NFL player or a guy who plays dress up? Pick one, brother. Mark Wahlberg's doing chin-ups. You play pretend for a living. I don't care what time you get up. Tell you who I like, Timothy Chalamet. That kid's an actor. When you see Timothy Chalamet in the wild, he's just wearing headbands, being fluid, looking heaps pensive. Your girl is in his DMs, even though he's never heard of her. Timothy Chalamet posts no thirst traps whatsoever and birds froth, okay? That's an actor. He's He's just looking off into the distance, musing on things, doing gear with Johnny Depp. That's an actor. These guys who are like doing push-ups 24-7 and then it's like they want to be actors, but they don't want to they don't want to walk the walk. They just want to talk the talk. I guess it's a different brand of actor. I guess you're either you're either Timothy Chalamet in June or you're holding a semi-automatic rifle for about six and a half weeks in Cuba filming the new extraction film with Chris Hemsworth and Mark Wahlberg. So I guess you can pick one. And these things don't cross over. I'd point to the Uncharted film that Mark Wahlberg and Tom Holland were in. I think that was a pretty aggressive lesson that Marvel actors should probably just be Marvel actors. But anyway, I'm just saying that when I was in high school, the drama boys weren't doing chin-ups, okay? They were doing other stuff, reading poems, being open-minded. Okay, I can't imagine any of that will make the final edit. But what have I been up to? Let's have some yarns from the week that was... So, oh, just last night, dude, here's one, just just a quick hit for you. Cronulla, as in Cronulla Sharks. I did a gig in Cronulla last night. Worst comedy town in Australia. And it's not even close. Like, we got daylight between Cronulla and then probably Tamworth is next. One of the worst gigs of all time in Tamworth. I think I've told that story many a time on this here podcast. But Cronulla, it's like, I don't even know. They're not like rude. They're not polite. Sometimes they're rude. To be fair, the last gig I did in Cronulla, one of the acts was racially vilified in one of the more stereotypical moments we've ever seen. He's Italian, so it wasn't like earth shattering, but still, you know, if you had a choice between the Italian fella on the lineup getting racially vilified and that not happening, I I would choose the latter. So back to Cronulla, gig's not going great, okay? I'm closing the first half, doing a gentleman's 15. Uh, Annie Boyle on before me, she had a great set. So there's no, I'm not, I'm not trashing the gig or anything. It was a good gig. There's nothing wrong with the gig. Uh, I just went up there and just bombed for 15 minutes straight, okay, as, as is my business. And I did some great jokes. I did some old jokes. I did some new jokes in, in between. My new jokes actually did better than the old gold. 
So maybe the people of Cronulla were subtly telling me that, hey, Bill, how about you shut the fuck up and get back in the notebook? We've heard this shit for about six years, you bloody loser. And I would have said, none of my jokes are that old, but the conversation was never opened. So tough bloody gig. I'm trying to... um, And here's the thing, Matt. I'm Captain Jack Sparrow at the start of Pirates of the Caribbean 1, okay? I go down with the ship. I'm Captain Jack saluting as I barely make it into the wharf. I will do my time. That's a promise and a threat, okay? So I'm closing up and I'm going sort of okay. And this guy comes over front row with his girlfriend. Just He's got three Coronas. He's got the three-prong carry of Coronas. And I'm not one of these guys who can carry sort of 16 schooners in a big alpha move to the table, okay? I'll do three schooners, obviously. And then I'll do four schooners, but I have to... Like, the environment has to be right for me to do four schooners. Like, it can't be too humid. Uh, I need to have sort of a, a bit of a stickiness to my hand. I can't be sweaty. I also have to be confident. Uh, it depends on the group I'm at the table with. I can't be getting harassed too much as I'm coming over. I need to be in the moment, okay? So, I, so I'm not harassing anyone for their schooner carrying ability. But I think we can all agree that any bloke worth his salt can carry three Coronas with their eyes closed. You can carry them with one hand. They're like, they're bottles. So this guy comes over on a date, basically pegs three Coronas out the window. They're everywhere, okay? And then he's like, I'm like, Jesus Christ, man. I'm trying to do my closing joke. It's been a troublesome 14 minutes for me. And he goes, oh, sorry. He goes, brother, do you want one? Lol. And I'm like, no, I don't want one. And, and he's on a date. I go, nothing says I'm not rooting tonight, like dropping three Coronas that were all for you. You know, because his missus already had like a wine. And he's like, he's like, oh, come on, mate. And he's like, just, he keeps talking. And I'm just like, I'm like bottled Coronas on a weeknight. Only cowards drink those. And I'm teeing off on this bloke just a little bit, okay? I am treating myself to just a little bit of this man's ego, okay? I'm like a, I'm like a dementor for beta males in the front row. I just... Sometimes I will treat myself to a bit of their soul, but it was pretty warranted. The guy's a piece of shit. He was interrupting me, dropped all these Coronas, kept talking after the Corona thing. I'm just like, ugh. And I walk off thinking nothing of it. It was completely above board from me. Anyway, this guy comes over to me, heaps. Oh no, he doesn't come over. He turns around. I'm sitting with Annie and he's like, you didn't have to do that, brother. You didn't have to do that. And I go, oh, sorry, mate. Just joking around. And then he goes, no, seriously, you didn't have to do that. And I go, oh, I think this guy's having a go. Ugh. That was my energy. Ugh. You know? I go, brother, I can't hear you. So then he comes over. And he comes over really solemnly in my ear. He goes, you didn't have to do that. And he's like not blinking. He's like freaking the fuck out. And it's like, oh, my God. Jesus Christ. Now I've got to deal with this. You know? And I'm like... Well, mate, you interrupted me. I'm just joking around. Don't stress yourself out too much. And it's like, what are we doing here, mate? Are, we, are you confronting me about this one comment I made? If you don't peg six Coronas across the stage, I don't say anything, mate. You stupid idiot. And he goes, he goes seriously, mate, like, why did you choose to do that? You could, you could have easily not done that. And he's like freaking the fuck out, this bloke. I go, ugh, all right, sorry, mate. Just joking around. Sorry. And he's like, all good, brother. And then gives me the fist bump. And he's like, you're a legend. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you too. I'm joking. You're not a legend. I'm still on stage, lol. But it's like, God, 
blokes on dates will fire up sometimes if 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 they get embarrassed in front of their date. I feel like all you're doing is showing your date how fragile you are, you know? Showing your date what it's going to look like when you guys can't find the Airbnb in Crescent Head three years from now. And this bloke's got his fist through the fucking windscreen because he doesn't handle stress well. Like, dude, have a day off, brother. But anyway, so that was last night. Just to vent a bit about the great city of Cronulla, which is without a doubt the worst comedy town in Australia. Anyway, last Friday night, a bit of a school reunion type thing. Unfortunately, unfortunate circumstances... Uh, our mate Zach from my year at high school, unfortunately, he died in that Hunter Valley bus crash uh, the week before last, which was obviously horrific. And Zach was such a great guy. I wasn't particularly close with him or anything, but he actually organized our school reunion last year because the school didn't organize anything, which I'm pretty sure they're supposed to do for 10 years. So Zach said, well, fuck that. I'll just organize it myself. Sort of bloke he was, just an absolute legend universally liked so we thought let's all get together and have a beer just sort of remembering zach a bit i guess i'm you know just sort of everyone from the year come together have a few beers absolute fucking tragedy that i couldn't yeah rattled me just rattled the fuck out of me when i heard that to be honest just a needless tragedy that bus crash but but anyway so we had a bit of a beer at the stain bit of a school reunion vibe dude it is crazy how quickly you regress with your schoolmates. Like, it's like you you didn't miss a day. Like, literally after one schooner, it's like we're all in year 12 again. One of the lads pocketed another one of the guys. You know when you rip their front pocket off? Like, one of the lads got, like, a bunch of toilet paper and, like, wet it all up and pegged it at the roof of the toilet in the stain. Like, it was 2012 in there, dude. We were all just regressing, just being toxic and rancid. Oh, I loved it. And... Anyway, so I go to the bar at the Stain. It's like the round bar. And the thing with the Stain is, yes, it's my favorite pub in town. Yes, I've spent pretty much every Saturday night of my young life there. Yes, I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay. But I will say that ever since COVID, they just never have enough staff. I don't know. I've brought this up before. I don't know if we need to release more visas in Rio de Janeiro, but whatever we need to do, the Stain has been understaffed for ages. There's been a couple of times that the Stain... Uh, where I've just left at 1am, even though I was having a great time, but like it's absolutely cranking at 1am and you go to get a beer and you're just standing there for like half an hour. I remember a couple of times, it's like I go to get a beer at 1am at like 1.25, I'm still in the line and I'm not even at the front. So I'm just like, oh, I guess I'll just leave. It's a really weird way to finish a night out where like, you weren't cut off. I'm not like outrageously drunk or anything. I can't even access the bar. So anyway, so, uh, Friday night, it's about, I want to say, 7.30, 8pm. There's me, this old guy, and this couple sort of down the other end of the bar. And I get to the bar and there's just one bartender and the old bloke's freaking the fuck out, dude. He's like, bloody hell, mate, I just want one schooner. And I, I love bonding with old fellas at the bar. I go, mate, me too, mate. And then and then he's, he just puts his head in his hands and he looks at the couple. He goes, for fuck's sake, she's fucking tasting the thing. And I look over and this bloke, this, this like 45-year-old guy, he's got an extremely attractive 45-year-old girlfriend. And I could tell it's his girlfriend by the way she's carrying on without any retribution. We're at the Stain pub and she's doing like wine tastings, like we're at some sort of a restaurant. He's got this, she's got this freaking poor Brazilian guy, this 21-year-old guy, like 
serving up different Pinot Grigios and she's like tasting just a drop of it and being like, oh, I don't mind that. Meanwhile, next to me, this old bloke is going fucking nuts. He's like, he's screaming pretty much, going like, oh my God, you fucking taste it. Just order it, love. Just fucking order it. Like he's going nuts, dude. He's got his head in his hands. And then <laughs> and the, the guy who's with the, the, the attractive 45-year-old woman, he's embarrassed. He knows what's going on, but he's, he can't do anything about it because, you know, he's probably on a fourth date and you've got to go along to get along when your 45-year-old girlfriend has a chest like this. So, absolute scenes. Um, the, the Eventually, they all order and fuck off. Like, we were standing there for 20 minutes. I'm not joking. I was furious as well, but I just have, like, enough social etiquette to not scream at a couple I've never met before. Like, I was as angry as this old guy, but I just didn't have the balls to, like, the balls or the morals to scream at some random 45-year-old woman tasting wines. But I was as furious, and I, I applauded this man for his for his fury. And then the Brazilian guy comes back down to us, and he go, the old guy goes, fucking hell, mate. What are you doing fucking wine tastings down there, are you? Didn't realize I was in the fucking Hunter Valley. Like, just eyes popping out of his head. And at this point, I go, all right, mate. I go, <laughs> and I agree with this bloke. I agree with him. But I, I just lean over, I go, all right, mate, it's not his fault, you know? And the old bloke's like, no, 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 not having to go at you, mate. Not having to go at you, mate. Hey, hey, not having to go at you, mate. It was the funniest thing I've ever seen. And to be fair to the old guy, he did just want one schooner of Carlton draft. And I had a nice moment with him where when he paid, the Brazilian guy goes to me, what do you want? I go, schooner of Carlton, thanks, mate. And the old guy just gave me a bit of eye contact, like, you're cut from the right cloth, mate, you know? You would have done well 30 years ago which I think we all know I wouldn't have because I'm quite sensitive and I can't fight. So the 80s would have chewed me up and spat me out. But nevertheless, it was great to have a bit of respect from a true alpha male in that moment. But anyway, so then it gets to about, and here's the thing is I got to the stain about six for this like school reunion slash having a beer for Zach slash piss up type situation. And I knew this would kick on. I knew this would kick off. I knew it would kick on. I knew it would kick out. I knew it would kick in. I knew there was going to be all sorts of kicking at this thing, dude. And I already had a pretty big Saturday night planned. And it was my mum's birthday Sunday. We were going for a big lunch, my family. So I go, I'm not doing this three on the bounce shit anymore. I don't know what it is, but for whatever reason, the last like four or five weeks, I've been having events on Sundays, but then also you got to rip and tear Friday, Saturday. So my weekends have just been stupid. And so I go, I'm leaving at 8.30. I'm not doing this blowing it the fuck out till 2 a.m. with the lads on a Friday night. I'm, I got too much on this weekend. I'm, I'm leaving at all costs, okay? And then, of course, you know, the vibe is pretty bloody good and the band is flowing and I'm getting a few laughs and I'm having a bloody good laugh myself. And we're all having so much fun. And I'm going, ooh, this is going to be tough to leave this. There is a genuine vibe on here. And then I go, I put my jacket on. Like four of the lads are like, what's going on here, Bill? What's going on here, mate? You're not leaving, are you, brother? I go, no, I'm not bloody leaving, lads. And then I go, just go to the bathroom also. It's about minus 12 degrees. How about you sort of get out of my face? And anyway, so then I'm in the bathroom and I'm going to smoke bomb. Because it's very easy to do at the stain. And also, I don't want to handle the abuse from telling the boys I'm leaving. I'm like, I got to get out of here. 
And then I have this moment where I go, Bill, you're freaking, you're an adult, okay? You're a goddamn adult. Olivia Rodrigo has just released her new single off her sophomore album. It's the number one song on Spotify, and she's about 12, okay? If Olivia Rodrigo can release a single that's her biggest ever release on day one of Spotify, and she's about 19, I think you can leave the pub without scowling off in the corner without telling anyone out of fear of the social repercussions. I go, and you know what? I go, yeah, what's the worst that can happen? Well, I go out and I tell the boys I'm leaving and the abuse I received was absolutely face-melting stuff. Um, I left the stain by getting chanted out by about 45 blokes. I got the na-na-na-na, na-na-na-na, with just spatters of abuse in between. You know, a lot of fuck off, Bill. A uh, lot, lot of the good stuff. It was quite nostalgic, actually. It was, it was really, it was a real treat. And it made me think as I walked out, <laughs> I remember thinking, fuck, I should have just smoked bobbed. <laughs> but my God, it was so fun. And it was, and I had to get out of there. I had to get out of there. Otherwise, it would have put my whole weekend into disrepute. Okay, up next, I'd just like to talk about the cricket briefly. And I don't want to come across as some sort of a cricket nerd here because I already did a 45-minute podcast exclusively on the cricket on Monday. And that was me done. I was done with it. But this whole dismissal thing, I recorded that podcast Monday afternoon, sent it straight out, finger on the pulse, hot off the press, okay? From my mouth to your ears. Ugh, that was creepy. Edit that out, Bill, you fucking creep. Anyway... Monday, I felt like I talked about the Bearstow dismissal and the spirit of cricket. Pretty open and shut case, I thought. You're out, mate. Hit the bricks, you stupid ginger prick. And that was the sentiment of my pod. Since Monday, it's going bloody nuts out there. The prime ministers are going at each other. Albo said when he sees the English prime minister next week, he's going to tell him to harden up, which I will admit that Albo's told their Prime Minister to harden up, and, and for some reason, it had the same effect uh, on my piece, okay? I was absolutely erect when I heard Albo say that. My God, that's the sort of stuff that could launch a few thousand ships into the South Pacific should the time ever come. Go on, Albo, get in his face, brother, okay? And look, I, I honestly, I don't think it's controversial at all, this Bearstow thing, and I don't really care about it at all because the Poms are wrong. But I will say that I think it's great for the the game of Test Cricket and great for this Ashes series. I've never seen cricket talked about like this. You know, I go on news.com.au once a week uh, in case, just in case I'm feeling too happy on that particular day. God, what a wretched sight that is. But I usually like to look for a couple of funny celebrity stories for the podcast. And it's just all Ashes content. It's all uh, Ashes reactions and tweets and all this and all that. And it's just pure hypocrisy from the Poms. There's actually a video of Johnny Bairstow doing the exact same dismissal. And then afterwards, he's interviewed saying, yeah, that was really good for me. Just a lucky one. It's within the laws of the game. So that's out. Johnny Bairstow said that himself. The English are wrong. We are right. There's just nothing to it. I don't want to analyze it any further. I will say, though, I'm getting pretty sick of the rhetoric of the spirit of cricket. Oh, the spirit of cricket, the spirit. Like, according to the laws of the game, it's out. And the English wrote the laws 
No other sport on planet Earth, and Marky said this actually because he was asking me about it, and he goes, I don't understand. No other sport has this like spirit, you know? When when something's uh, forward in rugby league, they don't say, oh, yeah, but that's not in the spirit of the game, mate. Like cricket's the only game that has rules, but then on top of the rules, we also have to adhere to this this weird ghost who looks around giving thumbs up or thumbs down to what's happening at any given moment. It's it's silly. <laughs> like, And I'm not saying the spirit of cricket doesn't exist, but I'm just saying that in this moment, it's been... It's been... What's the word I'm looking for? The spirit of cricket is being used by people to suit their agenda in a moment where it doesn't really apply. The guy walked out of his crease. He was run out. Alex Kerry, they timed it. He had the ball in his hand for 0.8 seconds. I don't think 0.8 seconds is enough time to grab the ball, think, hmm, is this in the spirit of the game? And then peg down the stumps. Like, it's just a reaction. The ball cannot be alive and then die in less than one second. The ball is live. If the ball's live, it's not up to Pat Cummins to then make a moral decision on whether or not he feels sorry enough for Johnny Bairstow for how dumb he j- the thing he just did was. Okay? I feel like how dumb Johnny Bairstow is. He's so thick. It is now Pat Cummins' responsibility to let him stay in because of some esoteric spirit of the game. It's like when you know, maybe a a mentally disabled person does something that would be considered rude if anyone else did it, but you say, oh, that's okay because they have a mental disability. So we're not going to react the same way we usually would to that sort of behavior because of said disability. That's what this is. It's like Johnny Bairstow is so dumb and so thick and such a space cadet. He walks out of his crease for no reason and it's now Pat Cummins' moral responsibility to reverse... Johnny Bairstow's ridiculous behavior. I don't agree with it at all. The spirit of the game. Dude, I'll say this about the spirit of the game. Yesterday, I was going to give some money to a homeless man on my way to work. And the spirit of cricket actually told me not to. The spirit of cricket told me it hates homeless people. Okay, so if that's the same spirit of cricket that says we have to recall Johnny Bairstow for being an idiot, I don't know if we should be listening to this thing, to be honest. It's something to think about. And then also I saw Pierce Morgan said we should have recalled Johnny Bairstow and he really hates homeless people. So if Pierce Morgan and the spirit of cricket are telling us to recall John Bairstow, I'm not sure we should be listening to them, to be honest. Pierce Morgan is obviously, I mean, no one needs any homework on this. He's one of the biggest cunts that's ever lived and really quite an embarrassing bloke. I remember one time Pierce Morgan had a go at Mike Hussey over something. Mike Hussey. So, yeah, Buzz Rothfield, that 99-year-old guy on NRL 360 said we should recall John Bairstow in that moment. I think it's just old people who think this. I don't know. There are All these oldies are trying to summon the spirit of cricket with their rosary beads and a Ouija board. Like, it's not 1914 anymore. Just let it go, okay? Let it go. Anyway, I don't want to harp on the cricket too much because I already did a whole podcast about it. I did see they're apparently going to... Ollie Pope is injured. Harry Brooks going to bat three, which I love. 
But then I heard they're gonna they're gonna bat Moeen Ali at seven and then play four quicks on top of that, which I think will be absolutely disastrous. They should play Ben Folks and have three quicks. If you think Moeen Ali isn't gonna walk out at five down and immediately just get dragged by Todd Murphy in any which way he wants. You're out of your mind, dude, okay? Todd Murphy is going to run through Moeen Alley like he's literally possessed by Nathan Lyon. So good luck with that, England. This podcast is brought to you by our mates at Manscaped. Lads, if you haven't heard already, it is a smooth sack summer. When you're playing in the summer sun, make sure you're scaped from pubes to bum. That's right. This is the summer to keep your balls cool while still looking hot with Manscaped. The leaders in below-the-waist grooming are making sure we all have a ball this summer by giving our pants partners everything they need to stay fresh. Dive headfirst in a smooth sack summer by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code DARCY. That's D-A-R-C-Y, all capitals, for 20% off and free shipping. I've been using the Manscaped products ever since they came on board. I love the Lawnmower 4.0, especially. It's just so stress-free. Got the anti-nick technology. Got the light on the end. You you could be trapped in a Thai cave and still keep yourself looking 100 downstairs. That's how easy this thing is to use, dude. The Manscaped Performance Package 4.0 has everything you need to prepare that summer bod. They have built the ultimate grooming bundle for your summer grooming experience. The Lawnmower 4.0, which I was just saying I love... Features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. It has a 7,000 RPM motor, a new multifunction on-off switch that can engage a travel lock and gives you the ability to turn the 4,000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. It's also waterproof too, so beach, lake or shower, this razor will devour even the strongest pubes. What an aggressive sentiment, but it's true. Now that you have the perfect haircut, use Manscaped's liquid formations to keep that freshness, even at the hottest summer barbecues. Most importantly, use the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant to to stay cool in the heat. With a soothing aloe vera formula, it's the best in the business for below-the-waist freshness, and this clear, drying formula will keep looking good while smelling good as well. So get 20% off and free shipping, I repeat, I feel like I'm doing a Lowe's ad, we're going nuts, but it's true, we got 20% off and free shipping with the code DARCY, that's D-A-R-C-Y, all capitals, at manscaped.com, that is 20% off and free shipping with the code DARCY, D-A-R-C-Y, all capitals, at manscaped.com. It's smooth sack summer, boys, so get on board or get left behind, brother. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, these Taylor Swift tickets, dude, what's doing? Everyone is ravenous for Taylor. Dude, Taylor Swift is so popular now, you can't even really be a casual fan anymore. That's the annoying thing. I would love to go to Taylor, but it's like you've got to be willing to like cut yourself open and bleed for her. That's like how into Taylor Swift you have to be in the modern era. I can't believe how big Taylor Swift is now. I, I knew she was big. You know, she comes to town, plays the stadium. It's like Ed Sheeran played the MCG in the round, but I don't remember anyone sitting in a fucking waiting room on Ticketek for 23 hours. You know, it was like, hey, Ed Sheeran's playing the MCG if you want to go. 
and you have $150, you can go. Taylor Swift is playing the MCG three nights in a row and it's like, you have to kill a man. You have to kill a man and take the ticket out of his cold, dead hands. I cannot believe how big she is. And I got to say, there's definitely going to be a lot of dads going with their daughters and, and going like, yeah, yeah, my daughters wanted to go. And then just getting there and going, how fucking sick is this? Dude, I would love to see Taylor Swift. It'd be unreal. I was talking to my mate of mine the other day. He goes, oh, I don't get what the fuss is about. Taylor Swift sucks. Dude, I hate it when people do this stuff. Like people just comment on anything now. I think we think the world is like our own newsfeed or something now. My mate said Taylor Swift sucks. How many MCGs do you think you'd have to play before someone goes, do you know what? Maybe it's just not for me. Maybe there is some, maybe some of this music is good and maybe it's just not to my particular palate. God. I read she's getting 35 mil for seven shows. And I think that's wrong. I reckon she's getting more than that. If you do, what, 100,000 times 200, I don't know, what's that? I have no idea what that is. 100,000 times 200,000. Okay, this is embarrassing. I, I do not know what that is. I don't really edit this podcast, nor do I ever stop. So we're just going to have to, you're going to have to figure that out in your own time. Get back to me on how much you think Taylor Swift would be making per show. But she's making 35 mil for seven shows. So, what's that, five mil a show? Maybe that actually works out. I honestly heard 100,000 people a night for seven nights, and I'm thinking, one billion dollars. <laughs> I actually am not very good with numbers. So, that's probably, that's unfortunate I've revealed that here on the podcast. Nothing I can do about that. But I'm uh, good on Taylor. Like, she's always... Uh, revitalizing her career because that doco came out and I it made me not like her more than I already liked her. It didn't make me hate her or anything, but it wasn't a very good doco. I think now, like I watched a bit of this Arnold Schwarzenegger doco, even the Conor McGregor doco at times. The Conor one was kind of cool because it was featured three fights he lost. But it's apart from that, like I think now we need a new word because like Taylor Swift and Arnold Schwarzenegger and stuff, these aren't really documentaries, are they? They're like extended vlogs that are shot unbelievably. The Taylor Swift doco wasn't a documentary. It was a... You can't make a documentary about yourself with a clear agenda that you're like the victim or and or you're like a legend. That's not really a documentary, is it? Like, I, And by the way, it's fine. I loved the Connor doco. I enjoyed the Arnie one. I enjoyed the Taylor one, but it was the whole Taylor one was just like, oh no, look at me. I'm, I'm having such a tough time. Everyone's bullying me. And it's like, that's not really a documentary, is it, babe? That's like, that's just you doing a film about yourself, which is fine. I loved it. I'll probably watch it again. Now that I'm thinking about it, I haven't watched it in a couple of years. I'll probably watch it this weekend. But it's not really, a, that's not really what a documentary is. I just think we need like a new a new word for whatever these Netflix things are because they're not really docos. They're kind of like just extended vlogs, which is fine, which is totally fine. But I just can't wrap my head around how one person can get so big. Like Taylor Swift is the biggest artist on the planet and it's not even close. I looked up uh, Billie Eilish has 51 million Spotify monthly listeners and Taylor Swift has 92 million. 
Like, I just ca- I can't even wrap my head around it. And does Taylor get the credit for getting so big and still being like pretty PG? Like, never had a freak out or anything, really. You know, Miley Cyrus, to be fair, Miley Cyrus was a, a Disney girl. So she's done pretty well, old Miley. I'm not bashing Miley in any way, shape, or form, but she did have the whole wrecking ball era. And, you know, talking about doing coke and stuff and all her 16-year-old fans are now trying to buy bags for their mate's 15th birthday sleepover. Whereas Taylor's kept it 100 the whole time and she just got bigger and bigger and bigger. I can't even wrap my head around how you could get that big. But anyway, okay, I'd just like to do the project for this week. The project is the segment where we celebrate Australian talent killing it here and abroad. UFC heavy this week as it is... An absolute Anzac invasion in Las Vegas for this Sunday's UFC. Massive pay-per-view and like every second fight has an Aussie or a Kiwi on it. Yeah, dude, I'm I'm interested, okay? You have my attention. Alexander Volkanovsky defending the featherweight strap. I love the Volks so much. I would t- I, If the Prime Minister came to me, especially after the shellacking he's just given the English Prime Minister, if Albo came to me right now and said, Bill... Volk is going to defend the strap this weekend, but I need you to walk in front of an oncoming bus. I would say, Mr. Albanese, it is a pleasure to serve this great nation. And I would walk out in front of the L90 at a moment's notice. My God, I love the Volk. He's defending the strap against Yair Rodriguez, this Mexican fella who won the interim strap in quite a farcical title match because there was no need for an interim champion. The Volk was just fighting up at lightweight for one night, I think you should be able to just duck off for about three months without the UFC pretending you've been out for four years and we need some sort of an interim belt. But whatever, we're going to unify Yair's fake silver belt uh, with the gold strap of the Volk. And Yair got this belt by beating Josh Emmett, who is a 38-year-old washed-up white trash fighter with steel in his hands. But he looked like shit out there and he got absolutely... He got fucked up into next week. And then just the previous weekend, he got smashed again. So to be getting a title fight of fighting Josh Emmett, I'm not sure about that, to be honest. Uh, But Yair is quite dangerous and he's Mexican. So Mexicans are pretty much impossible to knock out. I would say Volk by points. You know, bet the house, okay? I think he just batters Yair for five rounds. That's my prediction for that one. Then we got Rob Whitaker fighting... Drickus Duplessis in the winner of this will fight Israel Adesanya next for the middleweight strap, most likely. But anyway, DDP Drickus, the big story for this fight is that Drickus Duplessis has had no surgery and he said uh, he's only been able to get 8% oxygen into his lungs in previous fights. And so now Rob should be really scared because he's got all the oxygen in the world and he's going to be able to go at a fast pace for three rounds. Uh, Drickus Duplessis promoting this fight, saying his nose is fixed. He sounds like me when I got 8.4 in the beep test in year seven. I was telling everyone I could only get 8% through my nose as well there, mate. So I'm not really buying into this narrative that this guy has like some sort of a new nose and it's going to affect his fighting ability in some wildly dramatic way. Uh, Rob Whitaker's paying $1.15. And last time I checked, sports bet are not fucking idiots, okay? So... I wish Drickus all the best. Uh, maybe he could get into triathlons after this with his new oxygen intake ability. I don't think his ability 
to go hard in the third round will matter when he's getting stretched out after the first. Uh, Rob by literally whatever he wants. And also, Drickus Duplessis has been saying that he's going to fight Israel Adesanya because he's a real African fighter and Israel Adesanya is not because he lives in New Zealand. And I will say that if your name is Drickus Duplessis and you have like an Afrikaans Dutch South African accent, I would really refrain from telling any black man whether or not he's African or not because it's just not really passing the pub test, big fella. The vibes are off on this one. Something about the South African accent, I would really just refrain from talking about race in any way, shape or form because it's one of the most hateful accents I've ever come across. Okay, so Drick is to be murdered. Uh, I, I wouldn't necessarily bet on a first round knockout, but also I wouldn't not bet on it. I would say just rob, just rob outright, really. KO points. I mean, he could sub him. I don't know. It's really whatever Rob feels like in the moment, okay? So, I don't know, but just put the house on Rob. And then up next, you got Jack Della Maddalena. His opponent dropped out on Monday. I mean, it's tough sledding being a UFC fight. Anytime a bloke drops out last minute for a fight, they always say he was running or he's ducking or he could he was too scared. The bloke's like, man, I've got smallpox, okay? I can't fight. You know, blokes get their arms snapped in training and then get told they're running. It's like, brother, I have one arm. So, yeah, last-minute opponent for Jack Della. Again, bet the house. Bet the absolute house. Up next, Dan Hooker, Kiwi legend, is fighting Jalen Turner. Do not bet the house. Do not bet on this fight. Do not bet on Dan Hooker under any circumstances. I fear that Dan Hooker could be killed in this fight. I mean, yeah, I don't want to get too graphic with... Um, I do think Dan Hooker will lose, uh, unfortunately. But then, right, I'm thinking there's no way I could ever bet on Dan Hooker in this fight. He's going to get killed out there. Jalen Turner is like a middleweight. I don't even know how he makes the weight. And he has pet tarantulas, which is very scary. But then, Dan Hooker's got all these new Maori tattoos, which I was aware of. So that's a power-up, okay? Maori power-up there. He's got a big back tattoo, He's got these big leg tattoos. So I'm thinking, ooh, hang on a minute. Then on Monday, I see that Dan Hooker has dyed his hair blonde like Charles Dubronx Oliveira. So now I'm thinking, there's no way I was ever going to bet on Dan Hooker. He's going to get killed. But now I'm thinking, hmm, new tattoos and he's dyed his hair. This is a 50-50 fight, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, I'm not saying bet on Dan Hooker, but I'm just saying that if he wins, I won't be surprised due to his new hair color and or tattoos. So that one could go either way. Don't believe sports bet. I think Dan Hook is paying about $16 to, to be breathing after the third round, but you can never count out a man with a, a brand new cut. So yeah, we'll see either way. And then you got Jimmy the Brute Crute. Uh, I wish Jimmy Brute the best. I will not be betting on him, unfortunately. Okay, I will be flying the Anzac flag hard, but I will not be betting on Jimmy the Brute Crute. Unfortunately, I reckon I'd have an investment property in Melbourne if Jimmy the Brute Crute didn't go on a recent run of getting knocked out cold. So, yeah, I, w- I wish the Brute the best. Unfortunately, I cannot bet on him at this time. That is the podcast for this week. Rowan coming up next. Few yarns, bit of banter, etc. Ash's podcast was out on Monday. It's all happening, dude. It is all happening. Thanks for listening. 
All right, legends, welcome back to yet another second half of Get Around Me as per Here He Is. Big day of doing absolutely nothing for the Irish Wolfhound. He's fresh, he's ready, he's amped up. He was waiting by the door like a real wolfhound when I got home. He was so ravenous to pod, Rowan Arneal. I was pouring at the door. (laughs) Where is Billy? You did say it were. Mate, the rain in Sydney, let it rain. Yeah, big rain day. I was up at 5.15am this morning while you slept in. I did see you at 5.15, but then I got the call. Time to go back to bed, mate. Yeah, you were taking a piss in the middle of the night, mate. I was was up and at it. Dude, it's crazy because you can just get up at that time. Yeah, no one will stop you. Like, you can get up at 5.30. It's available. I know. I was got up that um early recently, like, just had to get to work or something, and I was driving down our street, and I saw a guy I know just, like, entering the gym, and I was like, mate, you don't have to do this. Really? <laughs> you don't work these hours. Get back to bed, mate. This is ridiculous. It's dark, and it's freezing. Dude, it's confronting out there at 5.30 a.m. I also was walking down the main strip. Firstly, a lot of rats. Yeah. The rats are running the streets at 5am, dude. Okay. But also, mate, so I saw both ends of the stick here because I'm walking down. It's fucking freezing, yeah? Mm. Just rancid out there. I see a guy go past me on a bike in like short shorts and a t-shirt and a backpack riding to the gym. And I, I don't know. He wasn't in that good of a shape. Yeah. Dude, if you're, if you're hitting the gym before 6am, you better be out of your mind ripped. I don't know. I, yeah, I don't. I know some tradies that do it. Before being a tradie, they go to the gym. They go to the gym. They get a big session. Yeah, Maka used to do that. I used to know garbos that would swim from freshwater headland, like across the beach, at two thirty in the morning before work, which is just like dangerous. Okay, <laughs> and then they just get out apparently. And be like, and you're like, what are you doing, boys? They would swim the bay. Yeah. At 2.30 a.m. Point to point. Just by themselves or? With another Garbo. But it's not much shark protection. I was about to say, (laughs) a guy to carry what's left of your torso. (laughs) Mate, that is dangerous. Don't worry, baby. I'm bringing a fat Polynesian guy with me. Yeah. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Yeah. Two dangers. You've got to save him. He's got to save you. I mean... That's that's legitimately dangerous. I know, I know. I've been saying this for years. Nearly everyone in the world needs to chill the fuck out. Dude, it's kind of dangerous to swim the bay at like 5 a.m. I know. 2.30 a.m. is like, <laughs> no one will even know you're out there. It's completely fucked. I was once talking to that guy and I was like, he's like, we're talking about like the negatives of Garbo shit. And I'm like, oh, it's just a fucking early starts, man. It kills me. And he's like, really? I'd love to start earlier. I'm like, you'd love to start earlier than four. Dude, I don't even know. (laughs) What's going on, mate? You've blown me out of the water here because I was going to talk about how crazy it is at 5.30. (laughs) These these blokes are swimming the bay at 2.30 a.m. Here's the thing, dude. Honestly, okay, I'm I'm like a pretty average swimmer, like can swim, right? Let's Let's say I can swim like 10Ks off my own bat. I can do it. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I could swim like 8Ks or whatever. But let's say I can. Let's say I'm a gun swimmer. The mental barriers to me getting in the bay at 2.30 a.m. Well, I don't I'd know. Be, I'd be so scared. Because as soon as you start feeling like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be doing this, you ask anyone in your life and they just feel like, no, you shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> There's no reason to If anyone to cares through. about you, you don't even make it to the beach. <laughs> yeah. 
That's insane, dude. Also, like, you could just get swept out. No shark. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I would be so scared the whole time. I would be so scared. <laughs> I have so many fears. Dude, my dad has instilled a fear of sharks in me. Every time it's overcast, he'd be like, oh, it's so sharky out here. And I was like, stop telling your nine-year-old that it's sharky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, wasn't, I wasn't at Maroubra in the 90s, okay? Dude, honestly, I'm so scared of sharks. I, don't, I, I, don't, I have no qualms admitting it. I think it's such a relevant fear. It's, yeah, it's super relevant. It's fine. It's super scary. Dude, it's stupid to not be scared of them. I know. I know. Absolutely. Dude, that bloke who got fucking eviscerated off Tamarama. That was one of the most Sydney videos in history. Dude, brother, there was just arms and legs floating away. Oh, my God. Dude, that's the scary thing about sharks. I don't get, like, obviously, like, when I, I went to high school with uh, Andrew Lindop. And we got the news on a Monday, mate. Lindop's been fucking munched within an inch of his life. Fuck. And he came to school like two months later. The bloke was on 60 minutes and shit. Did he lose limbs? Uh, he lost a lot of his leg, but he's still cooking. Wow. Yeah, That's he's cool. like a lifeguard by trade now. Oh, wow. Ironic. Straight back into the fire. Straight, just keeping an eye on the sharks out there. Yeah. Just staring out to sea every morning. Just going, like, come at me. Come at me, you fucking just dogs. Just 2.30 a.m. swimming the bay going round two, ready when you are, can't say. <laughs> Dude, I'll be so scared swimming the bay at that time. But that's what scares me about sharks. It's not the blokes who get nipped and they're like, oh, I saw it, mate. I looked in his eyes. I get scared by the blokes where it's like, yeah, we never saw him again. We we mm. think he was in the bay. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's what scares me. The blokes who just disappear, dude. And everyone says, oh, they just want to take a little bite of them and then they realize it's not. And I'm like, one, that's still terrifying. Yeah. If you take a bite out of nearly any part of me, that's an essential part of Rowan Arneal. I hate people. Yeah. <laughs> that's essential. Mate, I'm a big part of, I'm a big fan of Rowan Arneal, and there's not one part of this young fella that is not essential. <laughs> so essential. <laughs> Dude, and I hate people who are like too, uh, like stoic and like, you know, sort of mystic with shark attacks. Like, well, brother, if you go in their playground, <laughs> it's like it was Tamarama Beach at 6 p.m., okay? It wasn't the <laughs> he wasn't he wasn't off fucking J Bay in the middle of winter. Yeah. He wasn't just fucking you know going for a bit of a dip in like the Great Australian Bight. Yeah, yeah. middle of winter, just pitch black oceans. Yeah. You know, there was kids playing ten yeah. meters over there. It wasn't a fucking shark playground, brother. This thing's lost. I do have a bit of that when I am in the surf. I go, well, you can't really, you don't really know because they just come up from underneath you all the time. So you just need to accept and be like if it gets me it gets me see okay because uh, you can't be you can't be staring out to sea constantly because i used to wig out a fair bit in the surf and oh, see, see a bit of seaweed and then right i've been pretty close to calling the shark alarm over nothing quite a few times oh yeah i've, I've done well i've never called the shark alarm but i had a couple of times where like the, and it wasn't even like it was just dolphins yeah but mate here's the thing brother dolphins are all fun once you know they're dolphins. I know. When you just see a fin at 6.30 a.m. And I'm not even that into surfing. I'm like, dude, I'm not going out like this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> There'll be- It's like if I play one game of cricket and get a ball to the head and die. Yeah. It's like he was doing what he loved. No, he didn't. No, he wasn't. Mate, I'll say this. If I get taken out by a shark, there's no paddle out for me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just- 
me and maybe Eddie. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, yeah. Mate to you're, you're doing the eulogy going like, I really wish I didn't peer pressure him to come out. <laughs> yeah. He said he had heaps on. <laughs> he, he really wasn't keen. <laughs> Billy died in the water practicing his pop-ups. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking he, embarrassing. Mate, I'm not getting eaten to death on a mini bell. <laughs> It's like this, there was at least when someone died surfing, they've got some like pretty sick photos of them shredding. It's like it's like a guy in Chopu, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Razor, he didn't give a fuck about anything. They reckon he looked the shark in the eye as it finished him off. Then there's just me with my ten foot fucking mini mal, like like big big bout of nipple rash that day on the soft top. Also, they're like legend has it he did not get up on a single wave before dying. He was complaining about it being pretty full that day yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. that would be so funny to get to go out doing something you don't love yeah, yeah. like like imagine steve Irwin like hates scuba diving yeah. he's like guys i fucking hate the ocean like i'm the bush guy yeah. what are we doing out here oh Jeez. just it's so it's so lame to get to die getting talked into something well that bloke who got done swimming the bay you know, three weeks earlier, his doctor was like, look, mate, probably need you to do a bit more cardio here. <laughs> and he's like, fuck's sake. <laughs> I don't know how I'll fit it in. He's like, mate, just do it late in the day. Do it as late as Your you can. life depends on it. He's like, he's like, but I don't leave the office till twilight. <laughs> Fine, mate. <laughs> Dawn or dusk, mate. Dawn or dusk. <laughs> Dawn or dusk. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, dude. Um, that's so funny. What were we saying before that? I think we were just complaining about having to get up early. Oh, yeah, yeah, So, I saw both ends of the stick. Obviously, now, this is all within the context that everyone's alive to tell the tale. Yeah. So, the podcast, the tone has changed, and I'd like to acknowledge that. <laughs> but I'll say this. I saw both ends of the spectrum because I saw this psychopath in, like, no shirt and short shorts mm. whipping around town on a pushy, and it's about minus 11. And then I saw the other thing because we're in the city now. Mm. So, dude, I saw, I saw two things that freaked me out. Firstly, I'm walking... You know the Madison Hotel on the corner? Yeah. Mate, that place is wretched, yeah? <laughs> Come on, bruh. Like, I enjoy schooners as much as the next bloke, but at some point you do have to draw a line. It's, <laughs> mate, the revolving door of British men in high vids. Oh, it's crazy. I see um, I see high-vis blokes having scoons down there at 10 a.m. all the time. Yeah, constantly. But I'll say this, mate. The Madison Hotel, I'm walking to the train station. I saw one guy go in at 5.30 a.m by himself and he didn't look fucked up no no it was, he was a lot of shift workers yeah he was he was in like office attire though what i don't know i don't a couple know of shots of vodka and a soda water to get you i don't know <laughs> we don't need a pride but then and then i saw a guy and a girl coming out and they were like getting an uber home and i was like what the fuck is going on dude Man, i'd love to just dedicate one year of my life to seeing what goes on at the madison mate honestly that place it's just it's a little bit dark <laughs> for Billy Darcy. <laughs> I've been in there a couple of times at like 6am and it's fucking weird. Mm. I don't like it. There's always, it's like that pub where it's like, let's kick on no matter what. And then you, <laughs> you, you get to the last pub that's open. You're like, oh, this is what? Mm. This is like the, the end of the line. But we got a few 24 hour pubs around us. Yeah. They're all a bit, how you going? Yeah. I, I have no need for it. Hey, I'm too no. sleepy to really. If Mate, if I'm at a 24-hour pub past 3 o'clock in the morning, it's just I've done irreparable things to my brain that night. Yeah, it's definitely like, I don't I don't know. 
Yeah. Narcotics involved. Yeah. It just. I honestly think it's more honourable to be at the Grippers at 4am than a 24-hour pub. <laughs> I, I truly believe that. <laughs> yeah, probably. But, mate, speaking of deplorable things, you've been on the couch all day watching Fuckboy Island, or F-Boy Island, I should say. Yeah, it's hard not to... It, I'm, I'm getting used to calling it F-Boy Island, but when well, I'm watching it... You like it. I do like it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But to be fair, in my defense, I was doing it research for a role. You know, I'm I'm dipping my toes in acting. Okay, Man, you're I, in you're in a friend sketch. I'm in a friend sketch that happens to be a dating show, um, like an island dating show sketch. Oh, okay. So what have what have you learned, mate? What do you bring into the role, mate? I've learned that it's completely socially acceptable just to turn straight to the camera and be like, "I'm a fucking ladies' man." Yeah. So, nice. um, there's a whole lot of that going on. A lot of, um, if I could explain the premise, if you, do you know the premise? So- Well, do you want, I don't, I don't want to give it away. I don't think anyone will care. Oh, it's immediate. The premise is there's all these nice guys, the nicest guys you've ever fucking met. Are you a nice guy? Well- In the I, sketch? I don't, oh, I think I'm a bit of a fuck boy. Oh, wow. Um, but it's a different concept. Um, but in this show- there's fuck boys and there's nice guys. And if they end up with a nice guy, they both get 50k each. But if they end up with a fuck boy, he gets the 100k and can decide what he wants to do with it. Oh, sorry. I thought you were explaining the concept of the sketch. No, no, the show. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you got to find the nice guys. Yeah, yeah. Straight off the bat, neck tattoos next. Um, well,. Or yeah. have they done... Is they've, this sent, those- they've sent home quite a few nice guys unknowing because you send someone home and then they tell you if they're a fuck boy or a nice guy. Oh, really? And these, these horny women keep sending home nice guys. But here's the thing. Are they like, oh, no, or they know what they're doing? Well, they want those bad boys. <laughs> One of them was just like, this guy's head's on the chopping block immediately. It's just he hadn't talked... To- There's just 20 like dickheads trying to talk to three women. So... Yeah, that's tough. I figured out where... I would have been, I definitely would have been this one guy that got sent home because he was just kind of like goofing around, having fun, but like not not really earnestly trying to find love enough for the ladies. He wasn't grafting. He wasn't grafting. Yeah, you've got to graft. I wouldn't do, I would do out of insecurity. I don't think I'd graft. I don't think I'd go up to them and be like, just so you know, Jessica, you look so beautiful tonight. Like, Well, it is quite degrading. And so I'm saying, degrading. I'm saying for you, not her. <laughs> It's so degrading. Well, there's there's definitely situations where you're like, I do want to talk to those girls, but like the environment at that table <laughs> is not one that I'm willing to participate in. I've got to go fight a British dude. Yeah. Dude, this one guy got asked to go on a date with a girl, with one of the girls. And then this guy that was keen on her, clearly, um, as they all are. When he came back from the date, he's like, fuck you, she's mine. And, and uh, he just started like blowing up. It's like, do you understand the concept of the show at all? Yeah. And then they got in a full screaming match and he's like kicked him out of the dorm that they were sleeping in. He's like, we don't sleep in the same room anymore. It's oh. like, this is part and parcel of the show, guys. Dude, I love um, <laughs> I, I love like the people on reality shows that just couple up immediately. Mm. Dude, because ne- I would never be able to do that. Yeah. Dude, it's my dream to be on like a Kentucky tour or like a some sort of a group scenario, you know, you know, like even just hostels, yeah, yeah, or like booze cruises. You know how people like there's always just the couple of the crew, yeah, yeah. They just meet and they're just like boyfriend and girlfriend for the three days. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. would love to be that guy just once. Yeah, yeah. Just to see what it's like. It's pretty nice. Yeah, because well, here's the thing, mate. You are just such a nester. 
You'd be like, you'd be making, if you were on F-Boy Island, you'd be like making chamomile tea, just blazed, being like, so what are you thinking about? Like, <laughs> Jessica, do we need to hang out with everyone else? What's the deal? I just worry that when you're around the bigger group, <laughs> that's not my Jessica. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you'd be so manipulative, like behind the scenes. You'd be like, <laughs> you'd be like, you know, you know that guy, he's got chlamydia. <laughs> well, I'd obviously be throwing everyone under the bus as fuck boys. You're very manipulative. Well, yeah, that I have been told that. And every time I say, well, I did say up front, I have no integrity. That's so fair. That is fair. But um, even the- Here's the thing. So, the nice guys are getting- They're getting carded. They are getting carded. And some of the supposed nice guys, I'd like to speak to the expert that said that these guys are nice guys. <laughs> well, so, so, what do you have to do to, to sort of get in either box? Because here's the thing, mate. Off the rip, I would identify as a nice guy. So would I. But I'm also like a bit of a cunt. <laughs> yeah. You know, I've got that dog in me. <laughs> yeah. Like, what's the qualifications? Mate, there's a... This, there's this, um, I just worry I'm not hot enough to be a fuckboy. Yeah, I think that is the case. And also, but, you, you might not be hot enough to be a nice guy either. Oh, wow. <laughs> you might be on the sound desk, mate. Okay. <laughs> hey, we all must play our part. <laughs> <laughs> there's a guy that's like a male entertainer that's um a nice guy. So, he's a stripper. Uh, but it's like these women some of these dudes are so bad at covering up some of them are nice guys but they're f- he's f- went on a date with her his first question is so do you like festivals and she's like um when I was younger I guess and then she like asked me if there was like any goss in the house like where I would have peeled over and been like yeah this guy's a fuckboy this guy's a cunt this guy's a cunt and he goes this oh. guy racist <laughs> <laughs> he didn't even shed light on the guy that said she got cheated on because her pussy's too good, <laughs> which I would have done immediately. Yeah, yeah. Wait, so the guy who said that chick's pussy is trash, and mm. that's a quote. Yeah. That is a quote. That's a quote. I don't want anyone clipping that. Um, Although that might get me into the fuckboy category. Well, Dude, Billy Darcy is running his mouth out there, dude. Well, yeah, no one- He got asked about that sort of thing, and he was like, oh, well- Bros before hoes. <laughs> it's like, dude, you're trying to not get eliminated. Dude, I'm getting a vibe. There's a couple of 27-year-olds still counting their roots. Yeah. Dude, one of my favorite ones is like, because the girls are constantly trying to figure out if this the pe- person's a fuckboy or not. Yeah. Um, well, that's and, the name of the game. Yeah, that's the, the name of the game. And these boys are so, even the nice guys are so bad at covering up. I'm like, so what have you been up to? And he's like, oh, moved to the Gold Coast two years ago. Just been partying, and it's like, just stop saying this shit, fellas. Dude, also, it, I'm so like, there's always those guys at reality shows like The Bachelor and stuff where it's like, it's like, yeah, I live on the Gold Coast. I'm a DJ promoter slash personal trainer. Like, they got like Latin around their neck, and then they're like, but at the end of the day, mate, family is everything. Yeah, they all just be like, it's just them hugging their mum. It's like, mate. Everyone loves their mum. Yeah. I hate people using mar- like markers that everyone is already doing. It's like, at the end of the day, mate, the thing about me is behind all the glitz and the glam, I breathe oxygen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone's breathing oxygen. That's not a marker of your personality. Like, I love my mum. There's a great Married at First Sight where the girl, um, she was like, oh, I just want something serious. I'm not into partying. No, no, no. And his opening, like his like eulogy thing, which I want to use at my wedding, I'm very excited for, is... Looks like the party boy just took a back seat. Took the back seat. <laughs> and they're like, yes. Nice. <laughs> the sickest way for your wedding just to turn to the crowd and wink at them. Be like, looks like the party boy is going to have to take the back seat. Dude, that is fucking hilarious. <laughs> Firstly, good on that bloke. Is he a nice guy? 
Um, that was Married at First Sight, but he oh, was a nice right. guy. He was, oh, nice. They love wheeling out the the mums, the nieces, the nephews. Yeah. Heaven forbid you're um everyone who has to like you by blood. Yeah, got laid before. You can use that. One of them was like doing the whole like it's something that I've like only really heard to heard people talk in that way when they've got a single mum. But it's like it wasn't a single mum. It's just talking about your mum in that way. My mum works so fucking hard for us. Everything for us. Also, I love um when people threaten uh people like it's like mate if you touch my mum. It's like, there's, if you touch even a hair on her head, I will go nuts. And it's like, brother, there's no one here. It's just the Channel 9 boom guy going like, this is one of the nice guys. Yeah, yeah the bar for being a nice guy has been unbelievably low. Dude, I love guys bragging about stuff that's like a given. Like, honestly, mate, if you try to beat the fuck out of my best mate, I will do something about it. <laughs> yeah, this old Garbo. Um, I loved him so much. This old, um, old wog. And he, one, he'd tell you disgraceful stories about people that he loved and then be like, that's a thing, mate. They're a complete fucking legend. I would have done the same thing. And I'm like, your son assaulted someone on the street. I don't know. And he'd be like, mate, that's the thing about me, mate. I can joke. I can, you can do whatever to me, mate. But if you disrespect my family, I swear, I will see red. I will see red. And you're just like, mate, no one is talking about this at all. <laughs> he was like, that's the thing with my son. I stood up in court. I stood up in court and I said, I would have done the same thing. Those guys were coming at him. He had to kick them both in the fucking head. I would have done the same thing, judge. And I was like trying to explain to him, mate, the judge believes. And he's like, the judge didn't believe me, mate. He didn't believe me. I'm like, no, the judge believed that you would have done the same thing as your son. <laughs> but he also thinks you're a fucking idiot. Yeah. And that's why your son did that. It's like you, garbage truck driver with assault history. It's like coming in and telling the judge, uh, Your Honor, I know my son is up for assault, but I'd just like to let you know that I am also extremely violent. <laughs> it's like, yes, he believes that. He doesn't not believe it. And he's not like, oh, well, Mr. Vessio, if you would have done that too, then let's let, just let it fly. He's like, I had a bit of a hothead when I was a kid, mate. I got my, I took, I took my new car when I first got my P's, when I first got my license. I took it down to Manly, mate. So some, some, someone tried to book me, give me a ticket. I said, mate, what are you fucking doing? I just, I, I thought I was a man, mate. I ended up hitting the um, turban off his head, kicking it down the street. I was like, that's a hate crime. You, you kicked a Sikh dude's hat down the street. That's crazy, dude. There's definitely like a thing with blokes who just say the word respect unprovoked. <laughs> the thing with me, mate, is it's all about respect. I respect you. You respect me, mate. Hey, hey. It's like these blokes who are like, until you like do a quest for them, they don't respect you. It's like... It's like, well, I'm just meeting you for the first time and I'm just going to be pretty polite. I hope that's enough for you to not cave my head in. But dude, it's like I'm reading Wayne Bennett's book at the moment and it's so funny like him describing like older blokes from when he was growing up and like he, some of his mentors, like his uncle was like a rugby league player in Queensland and like a, I can't remember what his job was, but he was like a big man about town. And he said, yeah, he was salt of the earth, like... Every everyone got on with him, like just a real, just a real fucking good Aussie bloke, you know. And then just proceeds to tell three stories of him just beating the fuck out of people. <laughs> and he's like, "That's the thing with Kev, mate. You knew where you stood. You knew where you stood." Honestly, 
People can shit on Joe Rogan all they like, but it has been particularly good for males. I think it's <laughs> taken the edge off a lot of fellas. <laughs> yeah. A lot of men that, due to their love of sport and the UFC, have accidentally consumed a shit ton of information on meditation and psychedelics. Just a little bit of violence isn't completely cool. Yeah. Not bad. And just a 31-year-old bloke hearing that for the first time. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I shouldn't have smacked that bloke at mixed netball. (laughs) True. So, mate, wrap us up on this fuckboy island thing. So, like, where are we up to? Who's left? Mate, a lot of nice guys have been kicked off so far. So, how are the fuckboys doing so well? I don't... Is it chat? Is it rig? um, Is it attitude? Well, a lot of the nice guys got carved off because they weren't being hungry enough in the pit down there Mm. they weren't um see here's the thing mate is i talk a big game but honestly i reckon i would be the same i would absolutely dude i would be vaping by the pool alone there'd be like 12 hours of footage of me vaping by the pool being like on facetime to marky being like i don't know man they're all pretty fucking intense yeah (laughs) and also our rigs aren't good enough that us just lying by the pool with the right music you could make us look (laughs) Like we're in absolute despair. (laughs) It makes you really think about that any woman that's ever complimented my body has not had a night with one of these men. Oh, dude. Here's the thing, dude, is like I would be sitting next to this jacked up ripped guy and I'd be like, no, just be funny, Bill. Do your thing. (laughs) Also, mate, here's the deal is like I would argue that let's say you go into the F-boy house or whatever. Mm. If you don't fucking like first day, just smash it out of the park, you're fucked. Yeah. Like as soon as you are not in it, you're out. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like you're not going to wake up on day five with that dog in you after getting absolutely dragged by these blokes for the best part of the week. Yeah. You need to come in full energy immediately. Guns blazing. Dude, honestly, just to rev myself, I reckon fuck the girls off. I just start a fight with the biggest bloke in there. Yeah. Prison shit, dude. Well, one of them snitched on that guy saying that she didn't have good pussy. Um, and then that guy got drunk and in front of the girls just like started yelling at that guy, calling him a dog, this British fucking geezer. <laughs> Being like, you're a waste, man. It's like, can someone get this clown off television? <laughs> I don't know how people besmirch their family so much. <laughs> I couldn't. For everyone that talks about loving their mum on this show, it's like, if you really loved her, maybe don't fucking say this shit down the camera because it is fucking disgusting. Dude, it's crazy. I'd, I'd be, yeah. I'd be talking really quickly so they couldn't edit around it. <laughs> I'd be like, what's up with that guy, Jacko? He's really weird. I'm, I'm the funny guy, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then I'd just give a nod to the camera guy like, good luck, cunt, hey? I'm telling my story on this thing. Oh. But, mate, bit of a milestone in the old pad today. Oh, inspection time. First inspection. I wooed our beautiful real estate agent. Oh, what a treat for her. What an absolute treat. She's a she's a welder by trade, mate. Bit of a glass blower as well. She's got a studio at her house. What do you mean she's a welder by trade? Isn't she a freaking real estate chick by trade? I, well, I think previously, and now she just kind of dot, dots around. And I don't think she sells houses. She just fucking does, does the inspections, does the rentals, which is my favorite type of real estate agent. I still reckon, mate. I I worry that we are not drawing a line in the sand with the real estate. You're getting seduced by the inspector. We're communicating openly with them. We have zero leverage for upcoming incidents. Mm -hmm. Well, we did. They do know about the incident because we got a key for how they broke in. Okay, good. Oh, I told my um, 
dad about the bike, his bike getting stolen. Oh, and what did I, he say? I waited for it to be like a, I waited a week for it to be like everyone in my family on FaceTime. And then the conversation got to my sister who's been riding a bike recently. And I just let it all play out. I'm just sitting there. And then my mom goes, Rowan, have you been riding your bike recently? And I just go, <laughs> no, it was stolen. And my dad just goes, oh, fuck, 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 fuck. Are you joking? Are you joking? Oh. You said he wouldn't care. Yeah, I thought so. Um, and then he's fuck, really? Are you joking? Really? Really, Rowan? I'm like, yeah, yeah, it got stolen. He's like, oh, that's Jeff's bike. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Not his bike. So it wasn't his. <laughs> no, no. So good. <laughs> I was like, what was I supposed to do? It was in my backyard. Both our Neil men lose a $5,000 bike <laughs> and do not react. <laughs> Case closed. Like, it was Jeff's the whole time. Like, was was the battery in the house? I'm like, the battery was not in the house, mate. The battery was not in the house. <laughs> the most valuable part. And I was like, all right, I've got to go to the roast dinner across the road. See you later, guys. Nice. He, he said Jeff probably wasn't ever going to ask for it back. Um, Gee, Je- well, I mean, Jeff's doing well. Jeff's a sink, mate. Jeff's single income, no kids. So... The, oh, fuck. What, what is this? The man's got his toys. We're sinks. We're all sinks. <laughs> you know that. All right, what is this? What is this? Uh, everyone should join the Facebook page, Single Income No Kids, Dual Income No Kids. If you want a little sneak peek into what my newsfeed is, it's that and NRL. And it's just, it's about being- So, Single Income No Kids, Dual Income No Kids. So, so it's just blokes in their 30s just living La Vida Loca. And girls as well. And girls as well. Girls as well. Girls can be selfish too. Um, And then couples that just like- don't want to have kids. Instead, they go on like cruises and like really embarrassing shit and um, get really bad tattoos and post them on the page. So, so sinks and dinks, it's everyone just saying, this is what I get to do because I'm child free. Oh. And then they call people that do have kids breeders um, and children crotch grob- goblins. Crotch goblins. Yeah, it's quite disgusting. Oh my um, God. How's the tone on this page? It sounds quite my, vengeful. Yeah, the tone can... And there's a lot of complaints about the tone as well. Yeah. Um, but... The best thing is they're all bragging about shit that, one, you could do with kids. Yeah. Um, it's like, we finally, we, we're at Crescent Head. <laughs> Dude, this guy bragged about he got to drive around Ohio that weekend and he saw a squirrel. Yeah, that's- There's a lot of Joker tattoos going around as well. Okay. And a lot of bragging about how much alcohol they have in their house. Yep. So, if you want a little sneak peek into how sad some Americans can get, and if you want to get kind of- I don't know, amped up to procreate. Just get on single income, no kids, dual income, no kids. Dude, couple of things on this. I love people waging wars against no one. Yeah. Well, I think- Are there people with kids commenting, being like, you fucking stupid sinks. We hate you. (laughs) (laughs) I would love to be looking at squirrels right now. (laughs) It's just a guy with like 17 kids. He's like, I hate you. (laughs) Well, some people say that- well, it's a lot of people posting dating profiles of being like, they have two kids. No, 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 no. Disgusting. Because um, a lot of them live in areas where everyone gets knocked up at like 23. Oh, country towns. Yeah, country town America. And they're like, this is like their point of difference. They're like, I'm so fucking edgy and crazy because no one wants to fuck me. Nice. Um, But yeah, it's a, everything I do, I see it through the lens of being a sink. So, I'm a sink. You're a massive sink, mate. You're a podcaster. That's sink territory. Oh, that's big sink territory. That's big sink territory. Yeah. I bet. Is there a few... There's definitely a few road mic sets being bought in the Sinks and Deeks Facebook page. There's probably about 17 different 
World of Warcraft podcast kicking off right now. Nice. And and children would be holding that back. Absolutely, bro. You can't game 12 hours a day if you have children. A lot of gaming rig setups being posted. Nice. Um, Dude, it's so funny to like not have kids and then um, just be really unremarkable. So unremarkable. Here's the thing is, I feel like if you're going to sync it up, and this is coming from a sync, mate. Yeah. So the calls are coming from inside the house here. But I feel like if you're going to sync it up and then just work in admin anyway, maybe you should have a couple of kids just to pizzazz things up a bit. Well, that's my point a lot of the time. It's like your life actually needs kids more than quite a few people's lives. Just give you something to do. Mm. Something to work for that isn't possibly wallpapering the spare room. And they they love all-inclusive trips to Vegas. Oh, really? And then I'm in another page, which is kinky sinks and dinks. Oh, so, hey, got a minute. Level two unlocked. <laughs> this is this is where the sinks and dinks get pretty kinky. Do we ever have a dinks and sinks crossover? Um, like maybe one of the dinks goes, we're looking for a sink to fucking get involved here. Well, often people will post on the page if any child-free people want a message um, in a kind of particularly horny way. People will put in their um, sex swing sets and stuff like that. Oh, wow. Mate, I'm, in, I'm knee-deep in... Sinks, dinks, and kinks constantly. Yeah, right. And do, how do you think this is affecting your mental health week to week? <sighs> There's a lot of laughing. A lot of laughing. <laughs> There's a lot of cruel laughing and a lot of reacting. Yeah. Um, I, I love Facebook groups. They all have a sweet spot, though. Yeah. They all crank for like two years. Yeah. Obviously, mate, former blokes advice member here. <laughs> Administrator? <laughs> no, 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 not administrator. But I'll say blokes' advice was fun until it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I was in the back of a car outside of a pub once and this dude's all coked up, like so coked up going, that's the thing, man. It's just a place that men can have a laugh and talk about men's mental health. <laughs> dude, what happened to blokes' advice? I swear it went from like, there'd be a guy who had like, a, he'd custom built his fridge. So like there was a keg in it yeah yeah and you're like yeah blokes being blokes and then like it quickly turned to like janine's gone she took the kids <laughs> i try to sleep at night but the black dog is barking too loudly <laughs> but i've never seen a bunch of blokes personify depression like the blokes advice group and um yeah they were is there any red flags starting to creep into the sinks and dinks community because it's starting to sound pretty toxic mate oh uh, well they do get a little bit toxic around um around children sometimes because I don't hate children. I'm just a sink. How could... I don't understand when people say I hate kids. I love kids. But I feel like kids are like mockingbirds, mate. They're just milling around. Yeah. They're like yeah. pigeons. Yeah. And um, I don't like this kind of yuppie trait of like being annoyed that kids are places. No. Also, if you say I hate my friend's kid, Jason, mm. I hate that kid mm. specifically... I could get that. He might be a little fucking cunt. Mm. But if you just say like, oh, kids. So cute. They're half the population, mate. <laughs> but um, oh, I'm probably going to have to tap out of Cambodia and Friends. That's a Facebook page. <laughs> that. What's Cambodia and Friends? It's men looking for love in Cambodia. Oh, okay. So yeah, yeah, it'll yeah. be like a bus driver posting a picture of himself being like, looking for Cambodian woman. 
um, a lot of that. And then occasionally a Cambodian woman posting a picture of herself being like, looking for a Western partner. And then her iPhone just exploding (laughs) from (laughs) from pommy blokes. (laughs) Me. There's a lot of of pommy blokes. Red faces, big pint glass. (laughs) I tell you what, one thing about pommy blokes is- if they if they're single at sixty, they're just tools down Southeast Asian babe, mm. little villa. That's it. Time to um drink about twelve beers and then talk about how your kids don't talk to you anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh mate, they're just off living their fucking life, you know. <laughs> it's like, well, you know, he's at that age, mate, thirteen. They don't like to talk to their dad anymore. <laughs> yeah. So I thought I got to bail. I got to yeah. go to Bangkok. I remember when I was 13, I, sometimes I didn't want to talk to my dad. But the good thing was, if I did want to talk to him, he wasn't in Phuket. <laughs> <laughs> mate, that, mate, you don't think about it. These blokes who have kids and then like fucking this Southeastern, yeah, the yeah. lovely lady, yeah. God bless her, getting hers, you know, sending back some shekels to the homeland. Mm. Love that. Mm. But I'm the optics on bringing us uh, like a 45-year-old Thai woman to Christmas in Hornsby. It's not good. It's a tough sled. Yeah, I've been... Um, well, an ex, her uncle was bringing over a woman. and um, It's one of those things as well where you're going, is anyone going to address the fact that we're paying for her to be here? <laughs> well, she got to Australia and quickly realized that he's actually quite poor um, and that this isn't a good standard of living. Um, and- oh, my. How poor was he? Oh, like not great. Like, I don't know, living in a fucking shitty apartment in French's Forest being a labourer. Yeah, right. Not great. It's pretty good though. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. She was probably just like, I think I could get better. I mean, play on, babe. I love that confidence. <laughs> yeah. And she's probably right. Do you reckon he sort of did her a bit on the Tinder? Like, he, as far as like his his life? Well, he... Well, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Um, 100%. But he'd been over there. He'd... um. I'll tell you what they should do. This is, pr- this is pretty toxic, I think. But like, if you're going to get a Southeast Asian woman on some sort of a pay-to-play type thing, all these blokes going in on these marriages, it should be like a one-year contract. Yeah, it shouldn't and be then for life. It's like, it's like a footy club, mate. So we'll see how you go out there. We'll give you a run. <laughs> and then after the first year... Cause, and then, like, you know, you might not get on. Well, maybe there shouldn't be a contract. Maybe everyone should just be able to leave whenever they want. It's also- <laughs> no, I'm, well, it's in the contract. You can leave whenever you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I don't want to go in on whatever, whatever this rabbit hole is, but <laughs> I'm seeing too many of my boys get, get fucking cut down out there. He's working with this butcher. Too many of my red kings. And I was like, his, his woman was... um. I forgot where she was from originally. And I was like, there's a bit of a language barrier. He's like, oh, yeah, she can't understand like 30% of what I say. But um, I kind of figured that 30% of it's fucking bullshit anyway. So it doesn't matter. I was like, yeah, I kind of. Hey, that's glass half full. I kind of like my girlfriend understanding everything I say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, is, what does that say about your self-esteem? Like, she can only understand 30% of what I say, but um, about 70% of what I say isn't worth hearing. Yeah, yeah. So, I- it actually works out. <laughs> it's like, how do you know she's getting the right 30, brother? Yeah, yeah, she just she- gets like two racist out- outbursts. That's all she can get. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that she can really key into your 9-11 conspiracies. Perfect. That's what, you've, that's what she's gotten. Fucking hell. Anyway, mate, I gotta head to Cronulla, eh? Yeah, yeah, I gotta make a phone call. Well, I feel like, well, at least I've got we, a real place to be. Well, you, I, I had somewhere gotta, to be last night. You've got to make a phone call. Well, it's a pretty important phone call. I'm just saying that I actually have somewhere to be, so I don't, I don't want you saying, yeah, I've also got to make a phone call. Okay, like fine. you've also got I'm something gonna, on. Gotta make a horny phone call. 
A horny phone call. All my phone calls are horny, mate. <laughs> Sinks and dinks. Sinks and dinks. And man. kinks. I've got to call Marcus and tell how horny I am. Yeah. Hey, guys, if anyone's <laughs> looking for Get Around Me next week, it'll be under the podcast feed, Sinks, Dinks and Kinks. <laughs> and we're going to be doing it from separate sex swings. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> All right, mate, enough of that.